Good morning, good afternoon, good night, good whenever you are listening to this. Welcome to the Full Focus Entrepreneur Podcast. Today I've got with me the Michelle Pippin as she runs Women Who Wow, the online platform for seriously driven women entrepreneurs. And she is a fantastic resource for me personally, so I knew that I had to share her with you all. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this. Good. I'm excited to have you. It's always a treat for me to bring in someone who I've chosen to work with because I know that you are such an expert in one of the areas that I haven't been as trained up in or as practiced in. So it's really a treat to be able to share that expertise with all of my listeners. Could you start out by just explaining a little bit of who you are, what you do, uh, why you do what you do, all of those kind of background things? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Michelle Pippin. The B is actually for Barbara, not like B as in B-E Michelle Pippin or the <laughs> Michelle Pippin. I think on audio sometimes that gets uh, <laughs> they think, wow, yeah. that lady has an ego, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, but I'm really excited to be um, a woman entrepreneur in such a time as this, right? So I began my entrepreneurial journey essentially when I found that I was pregnant. And my kids are 21, 19, and 17. And so uh, this was way, way, way before like people were really working from home. It was way before um, we had a lot, lot of online resources. So like forget Facebook or Twitter, um, forget easy videos or easy audios. Like this was back in the day that not everyone that you knew actually used email or checked email, right? And when you worked from home, it was really quite suspicious back then, right? I remember... Um, one in the first couple of years of my business, I actually bought a CD that had call center sounds on it. So I could like <laughs> disguise the fact that I work from home, but also, you know, disguise like crying kids or whatever. And so I've been at this for quite a long time. I'm an entrepreneur that is kind of an accidental entrepreneur. I'd never thought about starting a business of my own. I was just kind of passionately interested in raising my own kids, right? Like I did not want to go the daycare route, like no, you know, judgment on people who go that route. For me, it didn't feel right. And I just, I'm married to a public school teacher. I was married to him then. I'm married to him now. And it was, it, we have no family money. Like we both looked you know, to figure out if somebody was hiding something from us or whatever. And so I had $213 in savings. I took 50 of that 21 years ago to um, start my own business and $32 went to stamp. So I've been at this a really long time, but it wasn't until I um, started getting successful and getting sales and getting money in the bank that I realized like I might be onto something, particularly after I started reading business books, right? Because I'm like, oh, I, I must be in business for myself or something. And I started reading business books and I started realizing that part of the reason we have an 80% failure rate is because uh, we're all reading the wrong stuff. All of the things that people tell us about business and sales and marketing that we have to do and can't do are all wrong. And so I started just um, messaging out there a little bit timidly at first, but I started messaging out there like, hey, maybe there's a reason for this 80% failure rate or, you know, this didn't prove itself true for me. And my uh, coaching and mentoring uh, platform was born out of that experience. You know, in the beginning days, I was an at-home secretary, otherwise now known as a virtual assistant. I ran a profitable HR company for a couple of years, and then I went into uh, coaching and consulting. So it's been a fun journey, and I just love like testing the limits and seeing how far these different brands can go. 
And I love seeing women entrepreneurs like dig deep, dig in their heels and do what it takes to bring their own purpose to life. So I just, I just love every part of it. That is fantastic. I've heard that story a good number of times and I still really like it whenever I hear it. Um, there's something that I think a lot of people, of course, especially women identify with in that, you know, you know what kind of life you want to lead. You want to live a life where you're working from home. You want to live a life where you see your kids and then to go out and create that and to have been successful in creating that is something that a lot of people are looking for. And uh, it's really fantastic to see and hear how you've done that. I've brought you on to talk a lot about content marketing because that's a huge portion of what you do right now, how you get clients. You are famous for liking to stay home and loving to be at home in your own space and not having to trek all over the place or fly to speak all over the place. Um, so you currently completely fill your business via online content marketing. Uh, well, not entirely online. There's a little bit of paper in there, if I remember correctly. Talk to me a little bit about what content marketing is for your business. Yes. Yeah, so it's the lifeblood of my business. Um, I don't know how I would ever make a living um, if I had to <laughs> network or go to networking meetings or show up in person. Like that just is not my thing. And I kind of joke, like I wouldn't do my brand any favors by showing up. I remember the last really large conference I went to. Um, I was hiding like literally in this like little corner of this little hidey hole in this humongous hotel. And there was something over my head, like maybe a shelf or something. And I was sitting on this beanbag, like totally thinking, Oh, I've, like I found my place, right? And I'm sitting in this little hidey hole and I'm like, thank God I got away from all these people. And I look across the room and in the other hidey hole was Chris Ducker of Youpreneur. Like he's, he's like super famous. And I looked at him and he and I locked eyes like, you're not gonna rat me out, are you? <laughs> Right here we are, and we're just such introverts. And um, so, yeah, so content marketing really is is the only way that is feasible for me to uh, generate uh, awareness for my brand and demand for the, the things that I do under my brand. And, uh, and so content marketing, though, it can be digital and online. It can be print. It can be via the media, like the traditional media. It can be audio, video. I use all of it um, simply because I think that in today's day and age, it's important to be omnipresent, right? So like across a bunch of different channels. So I do have a daily podcast. I do videos. I do content um, on my own blog. I do guest post on other people's um, websites or media outlets. I do media interviews. And so it's all really just sharing stories and strategies. And for me, I focus on trying to, um, you know, help people with their income, their impact and their influence. And so I do that just through, you know, sharing what I know and sharing the stories of the Women Who Wow members. You talk about your marketing. Um, I've heard you call it lighthouse marketing. I've heard you talk about uh, you're not worried about getting your name out there. You're worried about getting people in here. Talk about how that mindset and how that way of talking about it affects the way you create content and where you put it and what you expect of it. Yeah. So, you know, I grew up um, in a very rural area. I still live in the rural area today. And uh, growing up, I had horses. And I learned like a universal truth back then, right? Because I had this horse that was green broke and we should have never had a green broke horse. We just weren't experienced horse owners. And what I learned is that if you were chasing something, it was running from you, right? And you've got to be really fast. <laughs> or yeah. really clever. 
And so I learned that like, I'd rather be a lighthouse because the lighthouse just stands tall and shines. It doesn't chase boats to rescue, right? It just stands in its home and does its best job being itself. And so I always use that analogy because it speaks to me. I think it speaks to female empowerment, right? I think it speaks to um, our ability to be ourselves and create success our own way. And so the lighthouse analogy just really, um, you know, really works for me. In terms of the um, getting your name out there, you know, that is something that's one of those things that is just a commonplace thing. I hear it all the time, sometimes even from members who will like say it and then immediately say, well, I mean, you know, not getting my name out there, but it's just such a commonplace analogy to use for business owners. Oh, you know, I just have to get my name name out there. I just have to get my name out there. But it's such a fool's quest, right? Because one, like, how do you know if your name is ever out there enough, right? Like, how do you know? And how do you measure that? How do you figure out if you've done it? Right. And it's like, I don't get paid for anybody to know my name. That's incredibly (laughs) like full of hubris, right? I only get paid when they have a problem that I can solve and they know it. So what is, you, you talked about you're getting people in there. That's the purpose of your content marketing. Yeah. But Talk to me a little bit more about the how, because I often hear people who are like, I'm creating stuff. It's on the internet. Or I, I wrote an article for a thing when I, people aren't banging my door down. What did I do wrong? What is this? So what are those commonly seen things that people are tripping up on when they try to kind of foray into content marketing for the first time? Yeah. So the biggest thing is that they think that there's some magic to consistency and they're not wrong exactly, but they're also not right. You know, so um, they think that there's some magic to consistency. Yes, you should be consistent. Number one, when you're consistent, people pay attention. It's like this chick will not go away, right? She just keeps showing up every day. There is some magic to consistency. However, if you're not selling something in your content marketing, right? Like if you're not using your posts to actually invite people inside or invite them to take an action or invite them to message you or invite them to visit this link or what have you, then it's not actually going to move the needle in your business, right? And we can quickly train people to consume our free stuff, right? And no long, and not go deeper with us. And so it's important with your content marketing, one, to have a commitment to it, definitely, right? Have a commitment to, to do it. Test it for three months. Do it every day. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing every day. Like whether that is working out or talking to your spouse or whatever it is, right? Like it's, it's worth doing every day. And so have a commitment, but also have a purpose to it, right? Understand what job you are giving your content marketing. Um, the idea that it exists is not enough. That's enough for like children, right? <laughs> They're worthy because they but like your content marketing has to have an actual purpose that you've got to set an intention for. I view every piece of my content marketing as a salesperson that is supposed to go out there and return with leads. That is my intention. And so in order for that to be true, in order for that not to be a delusion on my part, I've got to arm the content with tools necessary calls to action, um, hints at what people are missing out on, also exposing different parts of myself that they cannot get elsewhere. And I feel like um, when we have a lack of commitment, a lack of purpose, those are two definite um, 
things I see in content marketing where people might say, I'm doing it, but it's not working. And the third one really is the fact that they are not um, as intentional with their being authentic online, right? And they're um, basically drilling their message down to like the least offensive, most polished, most homogenized version of whatever they're saying. And the truth is, they, your people can get like some, you know, uh, watered down version of what you teach anywhere, right? Um, I'll never forget. I had this guy Simon T. Bailey. He's um, he's become like YouTube famous, but he and I meet whenever he's in in our area, and he's he goes, you know, Michelle. He's like, you have such a unique, twisted little view on life and business. He's like, that's why the world loves you. And I'm like, I do have a twisted little view of life and business. <laughs> That's what is so like, that's what people instantly know. They're not going to get that elsewhere. They can get business advice anywhere, um, even from people who aren't in business, but they cannot get me anywhere else. And the content marketing is a great way to show that. Okay. So you would say then that something, a big thing that people stumble over is they want it to be kind of this polished vision of this is what I should show up online as. This is what I should be showing up in all of these places as, but you really need to truly kind of be rudely yourself, really boldly who you are and differentiate yourself based on that personality. Right. You're, you know, like your husband is uh, going to medical school, right? So like it is, it's a bedside manner, right? Like it, you know, any doctor can like take your temperature or, you know, read you some test results or whatever, but you choose doctors based on their bedside manner, manner a lot of the times. And so when you are going to market, you've got to understand like the purpose of your content marketing is not just to be right? Like it's not just to be there and, and add to the online noise. It should offer a unique perspective and give people a call to action to go deeper with you, right? And too often we do one of two things. One, we think that, you know, it's not really about our ability to make it a unique perspective, right? So we just think we just got to put it out there, how eight ways to do this or what have you. And we're constantly repeating the same information that everybody else is, is sharing already. Just, it just makes us blend into the background of the mediocre masses, right? But the other thing is, you know, sometimes we lose sight of Um, what is considered unique enough, right? I mean, the truth is like, there's a lot of business coaches out there. There's a lot of groups for women entrepreneurs, right? There's a lot of, um, you know, whoever's listening, like whatever you do, there's a lot of competition out there. And so you don't have to invent something new or have this, you know, new patented process or whatever. You just have to reveal it in a way that is so authentic. It exposes your twisted little view of whatever you do and also connects with people who are looking for exactly what you offer with the bedside manner that you offer it. So, you know, you just want to make sure that you don't edit your stuff to death to where your personality is kind of edited out, right? Right. And I think that's something um, looking at like social media and what's happening now with a lot of influencers and a lot of creators on platforms like YouTube and those sorts of things. There's a lot of people who are quitting. There's a lot of people who are saying, look, I'm tired of pretending to be this perfect version that I wanted to show you. Um, and they're, they're really failing in that online space specifically, because that's what I'm more familiar with, uh, because they're not willing to kind of say, hey, look at me, I have these deep flaws. And the ones who are being really, really successful are those ones who are taking the time to say, hey, guys, look, 
I've tried to be perfect and I want you to know that I'm not perfect and here are the ways that I'm not perfect. And I want to still create for you. I want to still coach you. I want to still build whatever I build and create whatever I create, but I can't do it in this perfect way anymore. So that is not only something that is really integral to selling, which is what you're saying, but also really integral in kind of surviving in the online space currently. Absolutely. I mean, there's a reason why um, people remain in a movie theater to watch the blooper and outtakes, right? Yes, like you know, that's one of the benefits of buying a DVD is like you get those <laughs> bloopers and outtakes. We all love that, right? We love the behind the scenes. And, yeah. you know, I, I like to, um, to have brands whose founder is, is the crash test dummy of the company, right? Like I, <laughs> and this it didn't work or you know whatever <laughs> yeah I think it's um I think it's something we can all get better at you know I think that um especially just in the world of entrepreneurship like it's very easy to feel like you're the one not succeeding and everybody else is right yeah and it's it's just it's um it's a incumbent upon the leaders for us to say, Hey, you know what, this is, this happened. This didn't go well for me. Here's what I learned from this failed launch or, you know, whatever, here's what I'm struggling with. And, um, for anybody listening, like I understand the, the challenge that you have, right? Because it's like, we don't want to reveal all of our warts. We don't want to make ourselves someone like not worthy of following. And so I have a little bit of a rule of thumb. If anybody is feeling like they're not sure where that line is. And so, for me, I don't share necessarily what I'm going through right now, right? Like I don't share my mess until it becomes a message, right? Like I'm not going to go to market and be like, I'm lost. Help me out. Like, you know, help me figure out my way. Um, but I will go to market afterwards and say, here's where I was. And I, I make a mental note of what I'm thinking and the thoughts that I'm having and all of that. Cause I know eventually I'm going to get out of that space and I want to use it to help other people. And so for my rule of thumb, it's just like, I don't share it when it's raw, <laughs> when I'm in the middle of it, but I do share it on the other side and just say, here's how I was feeling. And I didn't, you know, and, and I, this is how I, I made it through that um, obstacle or season or what have you. That's a really excellent strategy. And I think almost more importantly than using that specific strategy, although I really like that one, uh, is just have for yourself what you want those boundaries to be. Yes. Um, what things do you not want to share? Like my husband would die of embarrassment if I ever sh shared anything about like the deep intricacies of our marriage. Like that's a no, no fly zone for us right now. Um, not that anything's bad, but just in general, he's very private and part of, you know, is respecting that for him. So having what you've decided is your no fly zone, you know, maybe it's whatever it is happening right now. Maybe it's something, you know, maybe you don't want to bring your kids into it. Maybe you don't want to bring your husband into it. Maybe you don't want to bring in any certain area um, of your life or having a kind of statute of limitations on it, so to speak. Um, yeah. Creating a boundary for yourself and knowing what that is so that you don't have to piece by piece think, is this too much? You've already kind of figured out how much you want to give. I love that. And I, I just want to add, because like, once you put up those boundaries, the beauty of that is that you can go really deep within what is inside those boundaries. Yeah. Right. And so, um, we don't have to constantly reinvent, like, am I sharing this or not? Right. Like if it's inside the fence, it's free game and right. I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be open and for content marketing, because you know, we are you know, trying to show more of ourselves. We are trying to demonstrate like what they get from us versus anybody else. And, you know, so it can be, um, it can be tough to kind of figure out what you are going to be talking about, writing about, blogging about, you know, whatever. Um, 
I always have a two question test, right? It's like, one, is it true? Um, there are people who write stuff that's not true, <laughs> like about, you know, how much money they're making or how long it took them or whatever, right? So like one is like, is it true? Um, and this, if it's true, <laughs> then I go on to, will it help somebody, right? And if both of those things are yes, then I consider it a, a, available for, for publication, right? Like I consider right. it something to of going out there. Yeah, I think this leads really well into another question I wanted to ask you. Um, I call it uh, imperfect action. I think I stole that from somebody. I don't know. Somebody else has said that. I'm sure a million people have. And when we start on this, like, let's do content marketing, uh, especially when it comes down to anything like podcast or written or video that needs to be edited in some format. How do you figure out when something is done or good enough and how do you not spend, you know, 12 hours a day editing and never get anything out there? Yeah. So I, I can't remember exactly when, but I think there was probably a time when I tried to be perfect and I failed so miserably. <laughs> <laughs> I never tried it again. You know, um, perfect is the enemy of profit every single time, right? So when you are, you know, uh, trying for perfection or even close to it, like one, we've got to realize it doesn't exist, right? And, uh, and two, we've got to understand that, that done is good enough. And, you know, for me, it's like my people are never going to hire me because I'm super polished. It's just not part of my brand, right? So if you are trying to sell um, podcasting services or editing of podcasting services or whatever, then you want to make sure your podcasts are legit, right? Like they, <laughs> everything is great. But if you are trying to sell, like I help women entrepreneurs make money on their own terms, right? So for me, if ugly marketing perform is performing better than polished marketing, I've got to be willing to go with the ugly marketing, right? I've got to be willing to do what achieves the object objectives that people are hi would hire me to help them do. And so, you know, that's where I really fall down on that. It's like, you know, we, we've just got to lose the ego and the hubris of thinking it has to be perfect and completely done. It's like, you know, done is good enough, right? And allowing yourself to go out there and, um, and be seen and, um, and have people endeared to you, right? Just like we, you know, we fall in love. Now I'm I'm older than you, obviously, but like we fell in love with actors and actresses a lot of the times based on those stupid outtakes, right? Because it showed their personality, <laughs> it showed how they responded when yeah. you know crap went wrong. And so we just got to be willing to to get out there and um, and understand that our people aren't hiring us because we're perfect, even perfect at what we help them do. They're hiring us because they wanted something that we have and we've got to expose that. And part of it is might even be the confidence to be imperfect, yeah. <laughs> right? Like that's the thing. Absolutely. I'm going to kind of rewind it back to people who are not yet doing content marketing for somebody who is saying, okay, you know, I, I have other avenues in my business or I'm just starting out in business and I don't have any avenues to get clients or customers. And I think content marketing is where I want to go. How would you, recommend they start? You know, how do they pick a platform? How do they begin to conceptualize what they're going to make and all of that? Yeah. So um, the first thing is, is to understand that content marketing um, isn't just like 
the way of the future. It's not a passing trend. It is the only way that you will uh, prevent yourself from being Amazon, right? In this global economy, right? If, if you can be Amazon, you will be Amazon. And so, um, you know, for us, it's like, it's absolutely mission critical. Why? Because it exposes what people cannot get other than by going through your company. And so it's absolutely critical. I think that's the first thing. Like you should never wonder like if you should start content marketing. If you're not, I can't even imagine what the alternative is, right? Um, secondly, the other thing is like in terms of platform, well, two questions to ask. Uh, one is where are your people hanging out? Like your target market, what is their chosen platform? And two, which platform do you enjoy the most? And I will dare to say that question two is even more important than question one, right? Um, so it has to be a, a platform that you enjoy using and will use consistently. Um, if you're not, you know, if you don't love it, if you dread it, you're going to procrastinate and, um, and you know, you're going to get less results than if you chose like maybe the second less, uh, best platform, but it, um, it's one that you really enjoy. So, um, that would be um, a couple things. And then you just kind of start with a message, right? Like I would not go to market and say, you know, hello world. This is the very first blog post of a daily commitment to writing to you, like announce it. Like people hate that crap and they don't even really, um, they don't even really like, um, trust it, right? And it exposes you as kind of like new or trying stuff out, right? It's like a kid who is trying something they, and they want everybody to watch, right? Like, come see me ride my bike. You're like, God, I've seen you 14 times, you know, <laughs> but I'll watch you. Again, you know? um, but it's like the, the world doesn't need to see that. You need to go in and just start talking to them person to person. Um, for It could be a written letter. It, it could be a BCC email list to begin with and just start talking to people serving them, right? And then with your content marketing, like don't overthink it. Um, emails that don't have a header, the fancy header that you pay to have designed, emails that don't have that at the top actually have a higher deliverability and open rate than those who do, right? You have a higher click-through rate if you don't have all of that polished stuff. Why? Because people think it's an email from a friend, which is how it should read and feel. So don't overthink it. Um, start talking to people get into conversation with those that you need to lead or serve or sell to. And, um, and then, you know, share out of your expertise, share your stories, share some tips for them. I, and I always think in terms of like, I hope I can remember, but you can educate them, empower them, entertain them or equip them, right? Like those are the kinds of things that you want to do through your content marketing. And you do not want to overlook the entertainment quality, right? Like it doesn't mean you have to be like silly. I'll never be silly. I see uh, women in this space, like, you know, recently a big ad went out, like these two women, like running around on a bed and they're like my age, they're in their forties, <laughs> like jumping up and down, being silly. That'll never be me, but I can be entertaining in another way. I have a really dry sense of humor. You might not know it's funny for like 15 minutes, but it can still <laughs> be entertaining, right? Right. I want to flip to your business because and I touched on this at the beginning, you work from home, you have kids, you uh, do most of your stuff kind of in your office, online, writing, uh, even, even when you have events, you, you do them very rarely. So you live in a very, um, you, live in a, you live in a bubble of your own creation that you, you love that bubble. But I want to hear about how you are productive in kind of a vacuum when you are in charge of all of your time, uh, how do you stay focused? 
Yeah. So it's actually really, it's, it's easier when you are growing your business or even like working from home as, as a career of some, you know, in, in someone else's business, it's easier when you are passionate about what you do to stay Absolutely. focused. Absolutely. Right. So as an example, like, um, I know a lot of women entrepreneurs, they'll say things that I think it's outlandish because I have never been like distracted by like dishes or, you know, uh, laundry or something like that. My husband would like, he would love so much if one day I was like, yeah, focus on work. I just cleaned the house. Like it's literally never happened. I don't even see that. But part of it is I don't do a lot of stuff that I feel like I should do. You mentioned the shoulds of content marketing earlier. I don't have a lot of things. I do things that I have to do, right? Like um, that I don't really love to do, but that's maybe 10 to 20% of my time. The rest of my time, I've designed my marketing engine around the things that I love to do. And when you do that, which all of us can, you get less distracted. You don't have to worry so much about focus because you're into it, right? This is a life of your own choosing. So many times as entrepreneurs, we fall into traps thinking we have to do this or we've got to do that. Or if we just do this for six months, then maybe we won't have to do it again. Right. <laughs> I just don't give in to any of that thinking. So I think it's really important for us to realize that if you are having a really hard time staying focused, it could be like a misalignment issue, right? Like it could be that you're doing a lot of the things that you truly don't enjoy. We don't put off things that we love. We don't get distracted when we're doing something that we're truly passionate about. And so um, whenever, when you're building this business, every, regardless of what stage your business is at, you've got to remember that this business is of your own creation, right? And to the degree that you design it, around your own personality and preferences, that is the degree to which you will be consistent and authentic, right? It all comes down to being deliberate about the design of your business. If I, like I said, if I had to do business and I relied on networking to, uh, to make money, I mean, I, I'm not like um, psychologically a recluse, right? Like I can get out and talk to people. <laughs> I mean, it'd be, it'd be really rough. I think this also speaks to something that happens to a lot of people when they kind of make the move from a hobby to a business and then they stop thinking about it as something that they love. They forget that they love it, which can sometimes seem like nobody forgets they love something, but people forget that they love their spouses all the time. This is something that happens when we think about something as a chore, when we think about something as, man, I've got to go to work now or I've got to buckle down and get some work done. Or even when you're writing a to-do list, you can take, you know, a, a list of things that you would really enjoy doing normally that you love to do, but because you've kind of put it into this work category, put it into something that needs to get done. I mean, a silly example is I'm still trying to finish my wedding scrapbook. I've been married for a year and a half, haven't finished my wedding scrapbook. I love scrapbooking. I find it really satisfying to cut things into little squares. Who knows? It's probably a psychological disorder, but... I still haven't done it. And it's on, it's become this, oh, I've got to finish that. I've got to do that. There's a pile of stuff. I can put it all away. And because of that, I don't want to do it because I've reframed it into this gross task that I don't want to do. And I think you're really excellent at kind of remembering that you love what you do. And that's something we can all learn from. Absolutely. And I think we, we can put a lot of heaviness into our uh, work day, right? Like, yeah. oh, I've got, this. I've got to do that. And so sometimes I'll even have uh, our members write their to-do list in terms of I get to, right? Mm -hmm. Like I get 
do this. I get to do X, whatever. And so like, I think that's a, a big, like a little, a small shift that will really make a big difference. And also a lot of times when you start to feel like, wait a minute, I quit my job because I love this. And all of a sudden I'm not having any fun anymore. You might want to look at what you have overlaid on top of your business, right? So a lot of times we buy a system or content management system or like a funnel system. We buy these things and then we overlay them on top of our business and we start trying to make ourselves and our business and our personality fit the system we bought into. And that is like, it's a waste of time. It actually homogenizes your brand and it does not allow you to just ebb and flow with your market. You have to just remember it like this. Nothing sells except through conversation. Content marketing is a great way to have an ongoing conversation with your market, but so is networking or so is just doing videos or so is doing webinars, right? Whatever you really love, you can build a business on the back of it. So be cautious about burdening your business with a bunch of things that you have to do and a bunch of ways you got to make it perfect, a bunch of things you have to do before going to conversation. One-on-one -on -one conversation, one-to-many conversation, that's what grows your business and your brand. That's really excellent. A lot of people overcomplicate it, and I think that's what you're speaking to. I like the way you're talking about kind of these three categories of tasks, things that you love to do, which you should never be distracted from because you love to do them. Maybe you need to remember that you love to do them, but you designed your business so that you could do those things. Uh, things you have to do. Um, for a lot of people, that turns out to be like keeping track of their bookkeeping and receipts or invoicing. It, a lot of people don't like that. I personally find bookkeeping like oddly satisfying, but again, I have some quirks. We're living with it. <laughs> and in the middle is this category that we want to eliminate, those shoulds, those I think I should be doing this, or I bought this system so I should be using it, or I... I really should make it look more like hers. And so you're talking about getting rid of that entire middle category. Absolutely. Those shoulds are like business killers, right? And yeah. they're brand demoralizers. And, yeah. um, and they also are busy work, right? So, you know, you really want to make sure when you have something that's I should, 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 should is literally the most demoralizing word in the English language. Like when we even, even when we say it, it's like, um, hey, Elizabeth, did you go to the gym? No, I know I should, right? It starts high and it goes low. I know I should, right? It's just demoralizing. And so, uh, yeah, let go of all the shoulds and just do business without it and uh, build your life around the things that you can't not do, right? So for me, content marketing, I love it. And writing is the primary form. People say blogging is dead. I'm like, really? Because I, I, I hadn't noticed, right? I hadn't even paid homage or visited the grave because it seems to be pretty <laughs> well in my business. But I can't not write. I wake up like with things to write about. My ma massive problem is figuring out, am I putting out too much content? A lot of people say I am, right? And so it, you just got to build your business around what you can't not, what you really look forward to do. If that is the marketing engine of your business, you'll never hurt for money because it'll constantly be working, growing, um, and taking new territory. Absolutely. I love that. Is there anything you would like to close it with about content marketing, about uh, yourself, your business, how you stay focused, focus in general, uh, kind of the floor is yours. Yeah. So um, when my daughter was like 
in sixth grade, she wrote, um, she wrote a poem for me and a poem for my husband. And the point to my husband was like, uh, you know, basically like you're the moon and the stars, you're the best person in the world, you know, whatever. And the poem to me was literally had the title, the average woman. That was her, her poem to me. <laughs> I remember joking about it, but I, you know, it was also like such an affirmation because I am average in every single way, like truly. And whenever you're, you know, you're listening to this and you're thinking like, maybe I can't do that. Or my twisted little view is too twisted for, you know, for a market or whatever. Like, I want you to really think like, you know, if, if I can do what I've done, I've got members now in every state and eight countries, we continue to grow faster than frankly, I can even keep up with. And when I can do this, I want everybody listening to understand that they can do it too. Like I am wildly disorganized. How do I stay focused? I do the things that I love to do, but I also understand that I'm going to die one day with a super messy desk and an undone to-do list. Like I've made peace with it, right? We just have to go to market and not wait for things to be perfect. And if you are at the helm of your market and you see yourself as a servant, truly to your market and, and somebody providing like a valuable service, then you're not going to get hung up in perfection and you're not going to get hung up in all of the shoulds because you're going to be mission focused on the person that you want to serve. And so the average woman <laughs> can absolutely do it, right? There's nothing a superhero required to build truly wild, unreasonable success on entirely your own terms. And I just want to say it's actually easier to build your business entirely on your own terms than it ever could be following the rules and the shoulds. It happens faster the other way. Because you like doing it, because you're focused, because you like it. Yeah. And it, because it exposes uh, what's unique about you. Absolutely. I have really enjoyed this conversation. You are always a treat to talk to. Thank you so much for joining me. And of course, all of the links to find Michelle will be in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for spending your time with me, Elizabeth Tolis, here in the Emerald office. If you want to hear, watch, read, and learn more about entrepreneurship, focus, and living a life of impact, I invite you to check out Full Focus Entrepreneur, where I coach small business owners to be more effective, more organized, more profitable, and more impactful. If you're interested in listening to more of me talking to myself and others, please check out The Emerald Office, where all the episodes for all of my podcasts can be found. Both the Emerald Office and Full Focus Entrepreneur, as well as my social media and the show notes, can be most easily found at elizabethtolis.com. And I want to especially thank Eric Tolis, who made the sweet backtrack you're listening to now, and Maria Carius, who made the beautiful artwork that graces this podcast's cover. A link to all of Maria's art can be found in the show notes.